we all have experiences that we think, well, this isn't that unique. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's doing this. Yeah. And yes, there, you know, like when there's a mixture, I think there's some content that people are like, oh my gosh, I needed someone to break that down in a way I could, I could absorb it. And then there's also stuff that's, oh, I needed to see that I'm not alone. Yeah. And I think it's a mixture of the two and it's the combination of the two together that get, that build a community. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin. This is episode 63. We're here with Katie Robin Garten, who is a documentary filmmaker, a parent. She's an incredible influence on Instagram with joyful, conscious parenting, and she's here today to kind of talk through who she is and what she's bringing to especially the world of Instagram. And Katie, I'm really excited to hear more about your journey as just a person, a human being who was a documentary filmmaker, still is a documentary filmmaker, and your life as a parent. You have a very, very interesting I would say like habit and routine as a parent. I think it's a little bit unconventional. Would you call it unconventional? I think I'm discovering that it might be a little unconventional, (laughs) but then also in certain circles, very, I guess, conventional. (laughs) And isn't that, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Cause I think it it all depends on where you're situating the point of view as to how conventional or unconventional any of us may be living. Katie Robin, we have been trying to get this podcast on the books for a while, and I'm really, really grateful for your time today. So I think we can just kind of dive into conversation. If you can tell the medium lady audience who you are and what are you all about? I kind of gave a little bit of of, of a bio overview, but I'd love for you to dive into that for us. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, Erin. I'm excited that we're getting to do this. And like you said, it took us a while to, to, to align in the timing, but when it does, it seems right. And this feels really right today. So I'm excited to be here. And so for me, this has been a very, um, it's twofold. Like it's been very, it was very unplanned for me to take my experience as a filmmaker and um, storyteller and enter into the social media sphere. It was unplanned, but it, it wasn't accidental. I should say, because, you know, I've been a storyteller for 18, 20 years as a documentary filmmaker. And even longer than that, I mean, I got my first camera from my grandmother when I was quite young, 12, which this is back when we had film cameras. We didn't have phones. Not everybody had cameras. Um, We didn't have any growing up. We never couldn't afford them. So like I have very little pictures of me or videos of me when I was a kid. And I just started documenting my life with my family and my friends. It was always very personal. It's just always what I did in my college years. I did a lot of mountaineering, like um, climbing and ski trips into big mountains. And my sister and our friends would get grant money to do these trips. And it was part of the requirement of the grant that you take photographs. And I found myself just falling in love with doing what I'd always done, which was to take the photographs to tell the story afterwards. And we would do slideshows and it just really became this thing I fell in love with while studying physics and math. <laughs> so, and I um, fell in love with storytelling from a young age and it, and it eventually, I left the sciences and decided to go to grad school for filmmaking and then created my own business. I have a production company that I founded a long time ago in 2007 and and really followed that path and put all my heart and soul into it and was really drawn to stories and organizations that would make an impact that would contribute into the things that unite us instead mm-hmm. of like divide us and and then the pandemic hit I feel like everybody has a story that begins with and then the pandemic hit yeah so what's yours what's yours yeah so my husband is an emergency medicine doctor and in the pandemic when that hit it was full-on it was really intense for them and his job anyway has really no give in terms of if a child is sick if childcare cancels it's it has it's it's me but when everyone was losing childcare and and we did I couldn't take on the normal project capacity 
I, I couldn't tell my clients, well, yes, I could work, but I have no idea when I'd be able to get this to you or film this with you because I don't know when I'll have time to work. But I needed my creative outlet because I've always been a storyteller and an editor. And so I just started tinkering on TikTok, actually. I started tinkering and then I really, I had no idea the passion I would have for sharing. I'm going to rephrase that because really what happened was, is I never knew what people were craving in terms of a sense of community and solidarity and shared experience online. And that in a time when we were all very isolated from each other, we could find deep meaning and connection through this, these digital platforms. And I had no idea that existed and that I had no idea there was a need for it. And I didn't believe that I had anything to offer for it. I believed I shouldn't take up space, that there were voices out there that needed to be heard that hadn't been heard. And I, that is not a space I wanted to take up. But then I started to see people responding and writing me and telling them I was impacting their lives. And it was impacting my life too. Like that. I had a friend recently ask me, isn't it exhausting what you're doing? Mm. I could never do it. I responded, no, actually it's incredibly invigorating. It's allowed me to tap into parts of myself and show myself in a way that I don't feel like I have as much. And that I actually am finding it like incredibly inspiring both for myself and then the other, the people who write me and tell me that, you know, it's inspiring to them too. So I just kind of eased in and I was just kind of playing with it. I wasn't, I was just doing it on the side. And then I was starting to see the positive response and the impact we were having on people's lives just from the messages I was receiving. And I thought, this was about a year, a little over a year ago. I thought, what if I actually like did this? Yeah. What if I created content consistently and, and gave it that in that intentional energy that I give my my other film work? And then that's really just when it it just exploded with with energy and momentum. <laughs> and and I, I saw more of that cyclical relationship of, oh, this is inspiring to me. And I think it's inspiring to others. And that's that's the path we're on right now with it. And I do really love it. And there are some and I'm sure we'll get into this more. It's different than my other work. It is my family. I've asked other families to share their lives as a documentary filmmaker. That's something you're always doing. Hey, can you open up to me? Can you be personal with me? Can you share this aspect of your life that we believe is important to to have an impact on on a greater universal family, you could say? And now I'm doing that with my own family. And there isn't a day that I don't think about that decision, Mm. that I don't process that decision. I think about it every single day, like the decision to share my family and my children on social media. Yeah. It's a big choice. It is yeah. a big choice. I love that you're touching on that. I'm going to bring that comment back to what you said before, which was it was unplanned, but not accidental. And one of the things that I think really inspires and attracts people to the content when you do share your family is the intentionality that you bring to the content that you're sharing. So can you tell me a little bit more about that statement, unplanned, but not accidental? Yeah, in this, I I said it was unplanned, but not accidental in a sense of almost like as a storyteller, as a filmmaker, I've always been taken on the role of an editor. Ah, uh uh-huh. I've always been an editor and I've always been the person who's uh, writing the flow of the story. Like I don't just receive a script or something and someone tells me what to edit. I've always said, here's the, the overarching picture and here's how I think we need to share it in a way that will be um, captivating and impactful. So by saying it wasn't accidental, meaning that that it's always what I've done and every single thing I edit, I bring that to it. Like you can tell, I I don't put out like tons and tons of content. I I struggle with that. People who do, I think it's great. And I'm like, how do they do that? I get way too, um, I'm a perfectionist in my storytelling and my editing. And I'm always thinking like, does this add value? Is there some deeper meaning here that adds value? And so sometimes, even though I enjoy it when I see it, just the lighthearted stuff that's just fun. And every once in a while I do put that out, but I- I have a tendency not to put a lot of that out because I want to, that's my own struggle. Maybe I'm being too much of a perfectionist. You're doing it. And I think when you have built that intimate connection with the community, it's important to continue to do you, but 
there's so many distractions online about what you might want to experiment and try with. And certainly when you said before you started putting videos out, you didn't really expect that your voice would achieve such a deep sense of meaning and connection with people, but that you're also sharing your life with intention. You know, you you said yourself, you're making that decision every day. And there might come a day when that decision is to pivot and to change. And I think that anybody out there who's hearing Katie Robin share is that desire to take up a space and to connect with others can sometimes start by seeing what everybody else is doing and seeing what everybody else is trying. But it does take a really firm sense of self and a firm sense of identity to not go too far down the beaten path of every what everybody else is doing. And, um, and I think that that's what continues for me as a viewer of your content and somebody who's, I don't like to say consuming content, but as somebody who's engaging with your community and feeling a part of your community is that purposeful authenticity. And I'm sure you've seen people duplicate your efforts because one of the most charming things about your video is your, your content rather is your creative use of miking your children. and. allowing their narrative as you you edit what they say but they don't have a script (laughs) and there's although some people believe it's a some people have there's been very few but I've been told that I'm hiring a voice actor (laughs) bless their heart (laughs) I know but yes and it is you know in some ways I did I had a friend say to me this is someone I've worked with professionally and as a friend And we were having dinner one night and I was telling her, um, I'm very conscious of the decision to share my children. So we were discussing that. And I was telling her, you know, I, I've seen the impact and I've seen the impact. And I know my experience as a storyteller is helping that along like the way that I go about this. And she said, I I think you have something really special that not everybody does have. She's like, you you have a daughter who is um, has a way of articulating her perspective on life in a way that's unique, but it rep- it reflects what so many kids feel and think. Mm-hmm. And then you have your editing and storytelling ability and the way you're able to um, play with the different elements of storytelling, the visuals and the music and the audio. And that's always been what I've done in my my work is to tap into those heartstrings and yeah. do it in such a way that can have a story resonate. And I didn't know if that was possible to do in 15 or 30 seconds. Once For I started. Short form storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could teach a masterclass if it ever were to interest me. <laughs> because I, I really yeah. think that that is sometimes what I'm missing when I'm on Instagram is that idea of short form storytelling, or it's what I want to mm-hmm. bring my own community along to um, understand that journey in 15 to 30 seconds, the beginning, middle and end of it all. I think you've really tapped into your skills before TikTok and Instagram to understand the craft of that. And most of us out there are not posting, it's it's not a craft, but for you, I think you've really brought a beautiful and accessible element of filmmaking and storytelling to this short form content. A lot of what you share is about your own journey as a mother and parenting and some of the choices that you're making with your own children. What you said before is, you know, about a year ago, that response really started to be so tremendous. You've also talked about how much people are craving community. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Why do you think what you're sharing has received such a tremendous response? Um, you know, it's. I think I've thought about this because I know that we all have experiences that we think, well, this isn't that unique. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's doing this. Yeah. And yes, there, you know, like when there's a mixture, I think there's some content that people are like, oh my gosh, I needed someone to break that down in a way I could, I could absorb it. And then there's also stuff that's, oh, I needed to see that I'm not alone. Yeah. And I think it's a mixture of the two and it's the combination of the two together that build a community. And I can't tell you how many times. So I have a routine. I edit something. I let it sit. I edit a little more. I let it sit. And the reason why is because I'm constantly catching myself 
and my voice and how I put it across. And it's really important to me to never come across one as an expert because I'm not a child psychologist. So I don't want to ever come off like I'm saying this is the way it should be. I don't ever want to come across like I know exactly what I'm doing and I do it right all the time because that is so far from the truth. (laughs) And if I could show, but I don't show all the really hard moments where I'm losing it, they're losing it, I would, but I can talk about that. And so I think the tiniest little tweak in your language, I wish I had a good example. Um, Instead of saying, this is the way I get my kids to pack their own backpack Yeah. versus I've really struggled with this and I've learned that this is what works for me. This is what works for my kids. It's a world of difference. It acknowledges multiple things. It acknowledges that I'm still learning and I didn't know going into it. It acknowledges that every kid is different. And you can't have the expectation that your kid's going to respond the way that somebody else's did. You have to figure that out together. So there's little, I think, subtle little changes you can make to your language that acknowledge those things. And it's really important to me to always do that. Mm -hmm. And I will catch myself sometimes right before posting. I'll be like, something's not right. Something that's right. And I'll be rewatching it. And I'll be like, yeah, of course, I need to shift this. Sometimes I'll post on one platform, take the same video a day later. And just the act of posting it and showing it to people like wakes my mind up. To be like, oh, no, 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 this is how I meant to voice that. And sometimes comments, you know, just the way I can, you never know how you have to get into the mind of other people and think, how will this be perceived and read, not just from your experience, but someone else's experience. And that's probably the piece I'm working on the most is sometimes um, that has happened a few times where I'm like, oh, I didn't mean it like that, but it's being perceived like that. Is it the editor in you? Is it your experience before as a filmmaker to, you seem very boundaried in the way that you're saying that is when you receive that feedback on how you're sharing your personal story, it can feel deeply personal. When someone says, I'm perceiving what you're saying about your own life and your own story is affecting me in this way. And you seem to, the way you've said it, at least, you seem to say, I think about that as as feedback about the way that I do want to put it forward. And it allows me to tinker with the process. Is that yeah. the way you've always been? Or has that been something you've worked on as you've received probably, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of comments, whether it's a quick emoji or a deeply thought out comment on your, on your yeah. content? That's a great question. You know, in my line of work, I was always open and wanting to work with other creative minds. And the best projects I ever worked on were ones where we bounced ideas off each other. We, I even had, I've had a few co-editors I've worked with where we pass it back and forth and clients who give feedback. And so I'm always used to getting feedback about my editing and my storytelling that, and especially where you're like, oh, I I wanted this to come off this way. And, and the way that you do that is so multidimensional. You do it with the visuals, the audio, the music, the text on screen. It's a swirling combination. And you can't always assume that it's going to get perceived how you meant it. And so I think I'm used to that, that we all have a different, our, our minds all operate in such different ways that the way we take in all those signals can be so different. And so it's rare that my hackles go up with a comment. <laughs> and usually I won't engage if it's negativity, but so many people that comment it's almost, we have such a, there's such positivity. And I know some of that is like the way you present yourself and the way you voice things can have like open arms towards positivity or negativity. And I try towards the positivity and I think it's working because I don't get a lot of negative comments. And if I do, it's so clearly that it hasn't, doesn't have to do with me, but it has to do with them that I won't engage. And usually other people engage for you. And I've usually (laughs) let that Let the community rise on occasion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that like, I want this to be a two-way dialogue in a sense. And I've always said that I'm there to start conversations. I want to contribute to dialogue. So I want to both present content that's, that's setting up an like, Hey, let's dialogue about this. So if I'm asking for that, and then people are saying like, Oh, well, you know, you could have done it such and such way. I want to be like, there's been a few times where we're like, yeah, I wanted to, but in the moment I was, I was frustrated and I didn't, I couldn't respond like that. Like I have just a few pieces that show that sort of like, there's one recently of Emmy and Elliot in skiing and Elliot really wanted her to go one way. Right. And you, and I, you hear my voice and what I hear in my voice is I was frustrated and wanting to control the situation. And um, people who would, who were like commenting about what I should have done. I was like, yeah, ideally, but I struggle with this too, just like you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think too, when you're sharing those experiences, there's an obvious gentleness that you treat yourself as a mother in these videos because you're filming on an adventure, usually like breathtaking, never mind the content and it's so inspirational, but like it's a setting I've I've only dreamed of visiting, first of all. And then you're filming yourself in the present moment, but then you're posting as your as your current self and you're observing your past self in the moment. And you're also so gentle and loving to that mother, you know, in a way that I think probably cracks people open a little bit. Cause I know that one of the things I hear from my audience all the time is I look at what I did and I feel so bad about the choices I made or how I behaved or when I lost my temper or the things I didn't want to do, the things I was scared of. And I feel guilty about that. And when I see your content, I see you when there are those moments that you're saying, look at Katie Robin, the mom, I love her so much. She's doing such a good job. And I think, you know, it kind of moves me to think about how much more we could be observing our past selves with with love and grace. You recently posted a super beautiful reflection on your latest adventures. And you had shared that, you know, your adventure as a young adult fueled your career as a documentarian and that your work as a documentarian kind of pivoted when you became a parent. But that these things are all kind of looking back, these natural stepping stones. Um, In terms of your journey in conscious parenting, was that always part of the deal, part of the storytelling? Did that evolve over time? Yeah, that's a good question. And um, I will add, because I think it's important for people, what you're just talking about is I'm not always gentle on myself. Mm. I haven't always been. And I, the act of this storytelling and doing this has allowed me grace and for myself and my parents in a way that I don't know if anything ever has. So wow. the actual act of becoming a social media creator, I think has um, given momentum to the parent I'm, I'm hoping to keep working on. Yeah. And also allowed myself a little bit of like, oh, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing okay. Cause I, now I hear myself and I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I've also heard myself in moments that I'm, I'm not being great. And, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) I see what I'm doing there. There's something going on in there, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to say that it's like, it's actually helped me be, be easier on myself, but I'm also like everybody else. I have you know, moments where I'm reading a comment where someone's writing or the most common comment, you're not, you're the best mother. You're the most amazing yeah. mother. And so yeah. sometimes I read those and I'm like, because I'm like, oh, I, I, one, I would never want someone to feel like they're not because they're just seeing these tiny little slivers of me with yeah. my kids. But also because I'm like, I have so many things that I, that I'm, I just don't do great. Just like everyone else where, especially people who are trying to do conscious parenting or respectful parenting, where at the root of conscious parenting is working on yourself. Yeah. And so it's constantly putting a mirror up, reflecting Mm -hmm. your issues, your trauma, your neural pathways that are unhealthy. And so it's a hard journey and storytelling about that that effort to conscious parent brings it, makes you really think about it. But it's, it's interesting. I, I once had somebody write a comment, something like, isn't all this self-reflection exhausting? Like just, just be. And I responded to that person. Like for me personally, self-reflection is freeing. Me too. Because if I don't self-reflect, I agonize and I sit there and I replay, but if I can understand where it comes from, and if I can share that with them in a repair process, Like for example, sometimes um, if one kid is super, super worked up and having a hard time and I get um, to my tipping point, I will take that out on the other kid. Mm. And that's something that I saw did recently. And the act of reflecting on that, understand where it's coming from and then explaining that to the the older child I was doing that to helped me and helped him. Mm -hmm. So I think each person you know, um, is very different in terms of what exhausts them and what gives them, makes them feel free. So with you on the self-reflection point, because if I don't self-reflect, then I perseverate on how I'm not good enough. But when I, that's the word perseverate. Oh, when I reflect, I can actually appreciate the influence on my own journey and how far I've come. And I can come Mm -hmm. to a place of more 
um, more self-satisfaction of how yeah. far I've come and, and, and an acknowledgement of what I know now isn't what I know then. And I made the decisions that I could with what I understood at that time and what I've been learning and what it's brought me up until a certain point without self-reflection it can really feel like a bit of a toilet bowl situation, you know, and, and it's yeah. not in a good way, but no, I was going to ask you actually, and you reflect on yourself, you reflect on yourself, but a huge part of your content is your children and your children are quite magical. You know, all children, I, I come from a background with kids. I'm the oldest of five kids. I have three kids myself. I've had a career in pediatric medicine I'm a nurse by background. So I love, I really love kids. I love all kids, but your kids in particular, and that's part of the magic of your own storytelling are very special. And they're really um, inspiring to adults. There are some things that Emmy says that I wish I could coach myself through. Does that, I know, (laughs) but that's not by accident, Katie Robin, that's a source of you and your partner's parenting in many ways. Some of it's her and who, who she's going to be yeah. in the world, but it's also part of your parenting. Do you see that as a positive reflection of what a good job you're doing? I mean, people say that all the time. You know, that's like <laughs> such a common feedback is like, hey, yeah, yeah, she's magical, but guess what? That's because of you guys. Yeah, You hear it. You want to think it all the time. Do I feel it in my bones? It's hard. It's hard to, that's the self-critical part, right? But yes, I when I, when I don't let the negative voices in and I think, yeah, we've, we've played a huge role in that. And, and uh, I'd like to focus on that and and not dwell on the things I think I'm doing to mess them up. <laughs> and so it's, it's, I think I'm still sitting with that and letting that sink in. Mm-hmm. And I do, and I say this in a way, and I, it's a hard thing to say without I not wanting to sound vain or uh, like I'm bragging or whatever, but I do think she's a special soul mm-hmm. in some really unique ways. Mm-hmm. And I think, I do think it's pretty powerful to share those moments when she says those things. If I didn't, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Because I think, like I've said, it's a big decision to share your child. And I think, you know, that the impact it has is in, in some of these, these ways has been very like immense. And, yeah. and I think that's something special. And I think that one of the, the the niches you could say, or the themes I'm on is that kids perspective is very enlightening and refreshes our, our brains to almost like a, uh, that kind of the things they say can give us perspective on our own lives in ways that we so desperately need. Absolutely. And, and she does that. And I think that she is a reflection of what, of children and their, how deep they are and how intelligent they are. And she can vocalize it in a unique way. Mm-hmm. but it's there in them. And if mm-hmm. we can tune in and listen to them, it's amazing what we can learn from them. And, and that's, I mean, like she's doing that for me. I, I have an Elliot too, you know, he, yeah. he's not on camera as much and he's a little quieter, quieter than her, but he says some really profound things. And so does Teddy and, and just um, absorbing what they have to offer is just incredible. Yeah. The way they interact with each other too, also teaches me about, yeah where I'm listening to other people and where I'm giving people agency. There's a one really great video of yours and I'll try to link it in the show notes is a video. I think Emmy's asking Teddy if he can do all these great things like she can. And he pauses and he says, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) And he says it with such like, yeah, no, it's good. It's okay. Yeah, no apology. No, you know, and it's just this, this ability to bring your authentic self to the situation. It's just like a really beautiful interaction between the two of them. Uh, you mentioned Elliot is not on camera as much. Is that because he's engaged in the project and he and you're having conversations with him about what he wants to be a part of and what he doesn't? Is that or is that maybe more led by his interest in personality or the activities that he's that he's into? Yeah, no, it's a, I ask him mm-hmm. and he's just he's kind of always been that way a little bit of he closes down yeah. when the camera's on him. He doesn't 
want a mic on him. Yeah. You know, I asked them, I, I talked to them about a lot of stuff, even they're young. So it's, but um, yeah, he's just kind of a different kid in that way. He's yeah. very much like Elliot just this year was the first year he like wanted to swing at his pinata on his birthday because he didn't want everyone watching him. So like, he doesn't like to be the center of attention at, at all, but every once in a while he, he will say like, Oh, like there's one of him launching off of a jump. And he wanted me to capture that in slow motion and he loved it and he wanted to share it. Yeah. So like there are the occasions, but um, generally he's just a different personality. And then I ask him and yeah, he's, he's not as about it. And so, and I think Emmy, I mean, I'm, I, we will probably every month, every year will be different in terms of what we do. There's stuff I used to, sh- I've actually gone and deleted certain stuff that I shared that now I feel was too intimate or oh, not yeah. necessary or didn't yeah. add value. Yeah. Um, and that's but, the editor in you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. You see it as a bigger yeah. body of work? I not, you know, recently somebody said, you should write a book. Yeah. And I said, I'm writing my own. This is my book. I'm not an author. You put me just in writing text and I really struggle because I'm used to, I want to work with all these mediums of the visuals and the audio and how they play together. So this is contribution in that way. And And I am finding that there's so many people out there doing such incredible content. And in my sphere, you know, and we can still touch on this, like I've got the respectful conscious parenting, the outdoor, the like all these different kind of themes. And I'll give you an example. Like, I think there's some content creators that I just love that I've connected with that um, are doing really good. Like how to do this or the gear you bring so important and people just eat that up because they need it and it helps them get out there. Mm-hmm. And the other, another component that I've really found myself focusing on because I could do that stuff because I've done this in my life growing up and now as a parent, the outdoor stuff, but I found that there's the emotional component of being in the outdoors and adventuring with your kids that is equally important. And I found that I'm really gravitating to creating those pieces. Like I just have more energy and excitement to create them and to talk about how do you, how do you approach the emotional side of, of, of skiing Getting on the mountain or going for a hike. Spending the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that that I'm just trying to really follow what I am most interested in and in, in yeah. sharing because I, I don't have full-time hours. And so I can't do all the, the ideas I have in my mind. I have this list that just is constantly growing and changing and I get done about an eighth of them. <laughs> and in terms of you asked me earlier about the conscious parenting and was that like an intentional, because when this began, I didn't, I didn't have any sort of master plan of becoming a content creator. I just was kind of naturally sharing what was happening in moments I was capturing. I didn't pick conscious parenting or respectful parenting, whatever you want to call it, and say, I'm going to talk about that at all. Like, it just kind of was like, oh, I liked, I'm going to share this moment. I'm going to talk about it. People are really responding to it. Oh, I, this may sound silly, but I think I thought it was more prevalent than it was. Yeah. I think I thought it was a very known thing, a known quantity, known thing. And so when I started to see people's response, like, wow, I didn't know a child could respond like that. Or how did you, how did you build the relationship to be able to do such and such? I was like, oh, here's what I learned. I, I'm sorry. I, I thought we all knew this. That's yeah. not, that might sound a little, I don't want that to come no, off wrong. No, but it was a part of your um, world and probably a part of yeah. the other parents and families that you're spending time with and yeah. you know, books that people are passing around or YouTube, whatever yeah. the subject matter expertise is that can happen. I think very easily. Oh, I actually thought everybody thought this way, but actually people don't. And they're not as surrounded by it. They don't right. have as much access to it. Like, I think I was seeing it around me in little bits and pieces. And then um, we just get, yeah, like one friend would, I remember early on, a friend mentioned the podcast Unruffled by Janet Lansbury. Yeah. Love it. And I was like tuned into that. And yeah. that just kind of exploded my mind in that direction. And then I remember someone recommending the book um, by Dr. Shafali, The Conscious Parent. Mm-hmm. And that was just like, whoa, <laughs> like my, you know, just like, yeah. yes. And this just makes so much sense. And and I think I naturally was gravitating towards that way based on my how my mother parented me and my father parented me in so, the best they could at the time, yeah. in a time when that wasn't around as much. But I think my mom naturally was a person who was like, especially around emotion, you feel the emotion, I'm going to sit with you, I'm going to let you feel it. 
And I think she was doing it out of a reaction to feeling like she didn't grow up with that freedom of emotion, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And so what do your parents do? Well, my mom died when I was 26 from cancer. And so, and that was actually my first, um, my, my thesis film for my graduate degree. And my first long format um, documentary was about my experience with her dying. So I've always told very personal stories. I think there's power in that. Yeah. And then my dad is retired and he's just an HVAC journeyman. My mom was a nurse. So we just, you know, they were just, uh, they were for people who cared about other people. My mom really had a passion for being connected to people she worked with as a nurse. I just remember her after shifts crying and just really needing to process. Like she just cared so deeply about other people and and caring for them. And yeah, um, she was very empathetic. And so was, so was my dad. And yeah. Um, and you know, we, we had, str- I had struggles as well growing up. There's a lot of mental health and addiction stuff in my family. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, I've got stuff I'm working through that makes all this kind of, you know, challenging yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like for everybody. Yeah. We're all kind of navigating our own personal path. You know, I'm going to be 40 this year and there's something about those four decades that feel like there's stuff to figure out there, you know, plus yeah. the pandemic, which maybe is an extra decade on top, of, <laughs> an extra decade on top yeah. of, on top of that. But um, as I'm a parent of young kids, I can't help but think about my responsibility to kind of excavate excavate that material with a little bit more thoughtfulness. Instead of seeing it as something that happened to me, see it as something that I am living with. And it does, Mm -hmm. it it absolutely is, I think, becoming really important, especially if you're on a conscious parenting journey to also, I don't want to say parent yourself, but also give yourself the respect and consciousness that you also want to extend to your kids. Because sometimes that can be what I think turns people off is, well, who's taking care of me if I'm sitting with their emotions and no one's sitting with my emotions, but you have to also kind of Mm -hmm carve out the space for your identity to make room for yourself as a child or yourself as a teenager or yourself as a young adult, which I think also, I mean, that I just like rattled that off, but that's like, again, probably the work of the next four decades of my life is to just be a fully formed human being in that, in that respect. Thank you so much. I think that that's, you know, really helpful for people to hear that there's It's really important, I think, for us to remember that when we're engaging with someone's community, that we're doing so in 30 second pieces. And that that's why I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast and have a longer conversation, because I think that we also, you know, we tend to, it looks so easy. 30 seconds looks really Mm -hmm. easy, you know, and sometimes I marvel at some of your content because you've had an adventure on the mountain, in the snow, in the hot springs, wherever, in the van. And I also have to remember that that also included your gear, the thoughts you may have had during that. That's probably a whole day. Then your time to edit, then your time to post and engage with, and that that's so much more than those 30 seconds. So I think, you know, I really appreciate you kind of, you know, being open to talk about that vulnerability, but it sounds like it's a part of who you've always been. You can't storytell without sharing really who you are and what you're going through. Yeah. And I think for people to remember like, oh my gosh, I just, I have so many moments and yesterday was one of them where I, I am exhausted. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. And it was such a disaster. And (laughs) you can bleep this out if you want, but yesterday I was a total shit show. I tried to take (laughs) Emmy, Teddy and Elliot skiing by myself. Well, Kama, so our other co-guardian of Teddy was with me, but she's a snowboarder and she's new. So she can't go with any of the young ones on the lift. She like, and, or help them ski. And Teddy's still pretty new to skiing. And I just made mistake after mistake in terms of my decision-making for how to do this with Emmy and Teddy. (laughs) And at one point I had two kids and our local hill is very um, complicated for children. It is now what you see when we go to like these places that have the nice magic carpets and the seats, the slow, it is like rustic and old. And the only way to get down at the end is this steep slope or, or this like flat cat track that takes like 30 minutes that you have to like pull them on. So I decided to take them both down the steep slope. And this is how my day ends with two kids kind of crying as yeah. we go side slipping, holding them. And towards the very bottom, Doug happened to like 
he's like saw me coming up because he came up after he had slept in after his night shift and uh he did a little video but it's so rare that we get to capture those moments because when the kids are losing it when you're losing it yeah. I'm not taking out my camera oh, no. <laughs> and, but they are as many moments you see that I'm rocking it I uh, there are equal number of moments where I am like struggle fest <laughs> and tired and look I got bags under my eyes because I'm so tired yeah but we're exhausted and thriving Do you yeah feel, I think you're thriving you are yeah you know part and there's it ebbs and flows and there's parts of us it's it's I think the biggest myth of motherhood that I was ever led to believe before I had kids was that the, there's a word called balance yeah. because that doesn't describe what I'm experiencing. No. There's never, I'll never feel balanced. I'll just feel like I'm kind of riding this roller coaster wave where certain parts are at highs and other parts are at lows. And yeah. maybe as I get older in it, it'll be less uh, like a storm, you know? Or maybe it doesn't always feel that way, but well, that's well, kind of how it feels right now. With really young kids, it does. It feels super erratic. It can, the tides can change so quickly. You know, you're going to have a great day on the slopes until you end, you know, sidestepping down the steep part of the, of the slope. And I'm not a skier, so I'm just going <laughs> to butcher that sentence, right? It's like, you're, you're okay until you're not, and then you're okay again. And who knows how you flip the switch. When your kids get yeah. older and my oldest is going to be 10 on Sunday, I feel like it's not quite as erratic and stormy, but there's a lot of depth. So you can't always trust what is on the surface. Whereas usually with the young, with younger kids, you can totally uh. telling you is what's going on, but there's more, you have to kind of scuba dive a little bit more. You have to go into the deeps. So to use that, totally. that oceanic metaphor a little bit more. But I think that, you know, balance is the biggest myth we've been sold. I totally am with you. And one of the things I actually had an aha moment while you were talking is I've been trying to embrace paradox. I've been trying to embrace both things in my life being true is that like my family and I are thriving and we are a chaotic, exhausted mess. Those two things are true. And I wonder mm -hmm. if that's the new balance is just I'm going to just hold those two things in my hands at the same time. Yeah. And I'm not going to exert a judgment call about how terrible or how great we're doing. It's just that both things are true. And mm -hmm. that's maybe the new balance is accepting yeah. that it's all existing at the same time. Um, yeah. uh, but I'm totally with you. I think that the myth of balance. I love that. Really something we've tied ourselves in knots about. So many mothers and parents and a lot of my audience are mothers, you know, they really feel burnt out. They're kind of distressed. I'm sure you hear these comments from parents being like, I wish I could be like you. You're so great. You know, I feel like people find themselves in a cycle that they can't navigate their way out of or they can't find their way to be creative in the way that you you're being creative. Do you have advice for these parents? Do you have advice for people who are trying to find an identity, find find an outlet? Yeah, I think the first step in that is to give yourself kindness, like yeah. honestly to sit and 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 say, you know what, those great Instagram parents I'm seeing are doing this, they're having my these moments too. Yeah. They're not like it is okay. Like this is what people have said to me and reminded me of. It's okay. I'm doing a good job. They're gonna be okay. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. And then I know for me personally, and not everybody has this privilege. But I have the privilege of where I can go carve out time to be in the mountains and I can get exercise. And um, that for me is my reset. And I know I have to do it. And I know I have to do it to come back to them. It's my space to take deep breaths and let, let it go and breathe it in and breathe it out. And I think that it's also my space to work through to not spin out, to be like, to spin out a little and then process it. Yeah. And so I think creating, somehow creating space for yourself to do that. And there's times when I don't have time and I, I see a counselor on a regular basis and mm -hmm. she's, she'll give me examples of things to do in the short moments to help you have that reset. And mm -hmm. if it's taking five minutes to listen to music instead of scrolling, like if I get a yeah. free time and I go to my room, am I scrolling or am I listening to some music mm -hmm. um, or, or taking, you know, deep belly breaths. Um, but I think we all hear it and we all hear it too much, but you've got to put, you know, oxygen mask first, yeah. but it does work. At least it yeah. works for me. 
Um, but I do recognize that not everybody can do that. Some people are single, single moms or single dads that are going from job to kids to job to kids and nothing in between. Right. Right. Yeah. You said it's partly privilege. I think it's also partly intentionality. I think it's also partly about when you're spending those slivers of time on yourself, are you self-soothing with a scroll or are you gonna, you know, be able to even scroll with intention? You know, like, I think there's like such a difference. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're all kind of like, if you're on the more empty end of depleted, I think you're kind of always finding yourself grasping at the things that are sort of soothing to you, but though mm-hmm. don't necessarily when the, when your time's up, they don't necessarily leave you feeling like your bucket is full. You know, it's that, that joke's been going around is like, I went on a stupid walk for my stupid mental health and it's working. And I'm so like annoyed that yeah. this is actually working because wouldn't it be easier if scrolling my phone actually made me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I mean, I do believe in the power of breathing outside in some capacity and letting the sun hit your face and, and where you are doing something where you can't look at your phone while you're doing it. It does. It does help me. I am just like everyone else. Like it's always right here. I'm always looking at it. I'm asking people to look at it, to support my content, (laughs) but I, (laughs) I do find that going to do something with a girlfriend or my partner helps me because then I'm not focused on my phone or checking in or spiraling. And I, I find that something has to give, like if I'm doing more athletics, I'm not spending as much time with friends, but Mm -hmm. if I can combine them, that sure helps because I do get a lot from spending time with other mothers Yeah, and even communicating in the digital way. But I do, I'm always surprised how much comfort and reset I find in solidarity, Mm. (laughs) just being able to vent and in a positive way, a negative way, whatever you need, having someone to talk to about Mm -hmm. it and what you're going through or just to not talk about it, but be in their presence, I think really helps. And I have to remind myself that because I always come back from a time, an afternoon with a girlfriend or something, um, just pretty refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I think that that's actually something that we can all probably do in the immediate is that I personally, and maybe you, maybe you had the same experience or different is I felt my community shrunk with COVID. And as a parent, Mm -hmm. it was really devastating to see that community shrink because I probably needed that solidarity, that one-on-one time more than ever before. But even when I would try to set up time, you know, somebody's kid gets sick and you cancel or you reschedule seven times or whatever it may be. And then you can feel a little bit defeated. And one of the things I've been saying is like, I want this to be my decade of friendship because I need it. I need more friendships in my life. My family is wonderful. My husband is wonderful, but I really need more friendships. And I felt my life in that area the Venn diagram, the circle got really, really small after COVID. Yeah. I feel the same way. And, and I, and I think as um, parents who are parenting, we're engaged parents. We're also trying to do these passion projects, your podcast, my content creation. We often, the thing that's the easiest to say, well, I just, I don't have time for that is friends. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and for some people too, like the getting outside part for me, I'm a, addic- it's basically my addiction. So I, I will always make time, not as much sometimes lately as I've wanted to, but the friend part, I have some really amazing women in my life that I just miss. And whenever, when I think about planning, I get overwhelmed. Yeah. How am I going to fit this in? What if I have to cancel? And I just find that it's always like, Hey, let's tentatively think that we're going to do this. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But when it does, oh, it just, yeah, it's amazing. I totally agree with you. So let's take a time machine back and then a time machine forward to wrap up. What would you want to tell Katie Robin from 20 years ago? And what do you think Katie Robin will tell you 20 years from now? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I think 20, 20 years ago, I would have told myself that you deserve love. Yeah, you deserve a a life of love and a beautiful life, mm-hmm. and you and you will have it. Yeah, you know, like you will create it. You will you will manifest that, and you will make it possible. Um, and then I think twenty years from now, Katie Robin might tell me that it was it's okay to let go. Oh, okay, <laughs> I that my perfectionism and 
and my, my people pleasing, wanting to make people feel comfortable is something that I'm always working on. And I think the 20 year old, 20 years from now, it'll let me know that, yeah, you did. You let, you you started to let it go a little bit more and it's okay. You figured it out. Yeah. (laughs) I hope, I hope that's 20 years from now. That's That's the message. (laughs) I'm sure it will be. Wow. Katie Robin, I feel like I could talk to you for another hour. I'm so grateful. I know. Please keep doing what you're doing. You're really, you're, your change in the world, your presence in the world, you said before, you know, you were reluctant to take up space. I'm I'm so glad you're taking up space because that space in the world is only for you to take up. And when you share it with other people, it's giving people permission to take up their own space and to take up space in ways that maybe their imaginations and their desires felt wasn't possible. But when they see you doing it, when they see you skiing down the mountain with three kids, they think, I didn't even think I could try that. And maybe I should, you know, and I think you're setting people free in a lot of ways that you wouldn't expect. And Emmy and Emmy on her own is, is absolutely through your storytelling, just, you know, I think some of the things it, you know, I'm so glad you have them on video because I think, you know, It's the well, kind I appreciate of those. That, yeah, our parents used to say, you know, I'm going to tell this crazy story of this amazing thing that you once said, and no one would believe me. But like now we have this <laughs> life footage. Yeah. So, so please, you oh. know, thanks for your time and thanks for coming on the podcast yeah. today. Well, I appreciate it. It was such like even this, like, I'm so glad we set this up because I feel inspired and invigorated and your words mean so much to me. There's not one like you saying that I try to respond to every message I get that talks about that sort of thing, because that's what keeps this going. Like it means it, it means so much to me. And maybe part of that is that, that, that I need to know there's, there's value and I should be taking up that space, but also because I struggle to believe it sometimes. So I hearing it really helps me, but it's just so appreciated. And there's not one message or kind word like that, that goes unnoticed on my part. Mm. So thank you. And this was so much fun. Such a good conversation. (laughs) Oh, I enjoyed it so much. Thanks, Katie Robin. Thank you. Let's stay in touch. Yes, we definitely will. Come come skiing with Emmy and I will teach you. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm so terrified to break a leg. I'm inspired. That's for sure. You never know. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Please make sure to reach out and connect on Instagram with me. I can be found at medium.lady over there. If you have any feedback about today's conversation, you can head to the pink tile in my feed for the latest episode and we can always continue the conversation over there. If you like this podcast, please make sure to share a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love this podcast, please share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for growing our community. Finally, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you're listening and make sure your notifications are on. Don't forget, you're doing such a good job. Bye.